Thursday, finance and Barry Preston, fraud. And across 24 countries, 431 million adult online users experienced cybercrime, and that's about 14 incidents a second. And to help us understand this a little bit, we have today Detective Inspector Matt Kraft, who has 20 years, in excess of 20 years' experience, including covert, covert investigations, a qualified police negotiator of the counterterrorism level, and he's now investigations coordinator at the State Crime Command, Fraud and Cybercrime in Sydney. How are you, Matt? Very well, thank you. Mm, interesting job you have there. Now, the first one, many scams, of course, but one to start with, I'll call it the romance scam. I believe you uh, understand this one pretty well. What is it, and uh, is it a big operation? I mean, you know, is it uh, dollars and dollars worth? Look, a romance scam um, is essentially a criminal act, and it's where individuals use uh, the internet to target people who are generally looking for relationships, and through emotive languages, uh, language, and uh, they attempt to elicit money. Um, and invariably, our victims do give these people money because they have um, all the matters that are reported to the police. Uh, there's a plea for financial assistance. So they make a number of false and misleading statements and the, the victims feel you know, obligated or compelled to give the, the offender money. And uh, just recently, um, the New South Wales Police Fraud and Cyber Crime Squad has actually arrested uh, um, an individual and uh, we've charged her with um, uh, fraud in relation to over $2.4 million, which is taken wow. from a number of victims. So that's, that's, that's a lot of money. Um, mm. And that's over, you know, 2008, the period 2008 to 2014. So it is a problem, but um, we believe that it, it's underreported. You know, mm. many of the victims feel embarrassed about what they've done. And so, I, be I believe also, Matt, and from other guys from your department that we've spoken to, uh, is it true that like other scams, when one is caught in the scam... Uh, they seem to go back to try and recover their money and they don't want to tell anyone. As you mentioned, they become embarrassed. But, look, embarrassment is the key here. They do become very embarrassed about what they've done, particularly when they realise that they've been um, the target of a scam and that uh, they've given away their hard-earned money because these victims are genuine. They're, the stories the offenders spin them are so convincing that they do really feel like they need to give the money to help, it out, to help people out, um, and they're generous. So, and they do end up giving more money on a number of occasions um, in relation to another request. So it's a problem. And what we're saying is that you need to use caution. Don't send money to people that you don't know um, and that you've never met. Um, because generally these people, you'll never get to meet them. There'll always be an excuse why you can't meet them. So. And, and, and Matt, um, would the key to this be send me money because? It is. They, hold, they make a number of false and misleading statements and they will change depending on the circumstances. So, but once again, there'll always be a request for money, but sorry, I can't meet you. Can you just put it into my bank account? So <laughs> you need to be very, very careful when people approach you and ask you for money and within a short space of time, profess their love for you. Mm. Um, you know, somebody that you've never met, just you know, uh, email them online, and then they say that they love you. Oh, and can you send a couple of thousand dollars to my bank account? <laughs> Be very wary. Taxi skimming. We were talking, and you mentioned taxi skimming. How does this operate, and how can one be more cautious with it? Taxi skimming. T 
taxi skimming. Look, we, we've had some success recently in relation to um, arresting individuals that were involved in the uh, a large-scale organised taxi skimming, and then they would then use that information to manufacture and distribute fraudulent credit cards. So, it's a, it's a very. I need to stress, it is a very small number of taxi drivers out there who will um, skim the data off your credit card when you go to pay after using a cab. Um, they then keep that data and they then um, put it onto new cards and go out on a spending spree and, um, and you know, purchase alcohol, cigarettes, clothes, um, and that's, uh, that's part of the, the operation that they actually um, that they do. Mm, interesting. It involves having a number of terminals, particularly a dummy terminal in a cab, um, where cards are swiped and that data is actually then recorded. So just make sure that you only allow your card to be swiped once and that you maintain security of your card. Fantastic. Talking about skimming, uh, there was talk of people being able to skim one's card if they can get close enough to you through your purse, wallet or so forth. Now, is that true or not? Look, it's not really. There is some data that can be captured that way, but certainly insufficient data to be able to that's going to be useful for them, where they can then encode that on another card and go out and uh, and make purchases. So, um, it's it's not really true, um, and and that's that's come about since the tap and go technology's been um, been brought about. Talking about that tap and go, what what's the situation with this tap and go? There seems to be a lot of talk about it. There is. Look, it's a very convenient way for people to use their cards. It's, it's very quick. Um, and we need to stress there has been no spike in fraud since the, in New South Wales, that is, since the introduction of tap and go. So we work closely with the banks and we monitor it, particularly when a new technology um, is implemented. Um, look, I guess the key here is you need to treat your cards like cash. Purchases are, are, are able to be made. It's generally under $100. So you just need to make sure you know where your cards are at all time. And uh, if you do happen to lose them or the, 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 they are stolen, the key is to report it immediately to your financial institution. They can then be stopped and the cards are useless. Interesting. So that's the key. We're talking to Detective Inspector Matt Craft from the uh, New South Wales uh, Cyber Crime Squad, Fraud and uh, Cyber Crime Squad, and we'll be back in a moment to talk about uh, some more scams and to be careful. This is Thursday Finance and Barry Preston, Fraud and Cyber Crime. And especially with Detective Inspector... Inspector Matt Craft, who is the Investigations Coordinator at the State Crime Command, Fraud and Cybercrime, New South Wales Police. Now, we're talking about skimming. Matt, ATM skimming, is this still one that uh, we must be cautious of? I know when I go, I try to go to the same ATMs, and if there's something on there that's protruding where you put your card in, I try and pull it. One of these days I'm going to pull something off or pull the ATM over, but I'm not a little bit afraid of that, and I always cover when I put the pin in. Is this still operative, the skimming? Look, the... At uh, the State Crime Command, we still see a, a little bit of um, ATM uh, skimming within the Sydney metropolitan area. It's, it's less common in the, uh, the country parts of New South Wales, but certainly uh, in the Sydney metropolitan area it is. And I think that comes down to the fact that when they do put these devices on ATMs, they're just able to gather more information at, at ATMs that are more frequently used. Um, but look, the key here is to make sure that you cover your PIN. If they only get your card details and not your PIN, it's almost useless to them. So the key, make sure every time you use an ATM or an FPOS terminal at Woolies or Coles or wherever it may be, 
cover your pin so that they can only get one part of the data um, and they really need two for it to be profitable for them. So, um, you know, that's the most important thing there. And check your receipts. And if you find any anomalies, make sure you report it to the bank and the police. But it still does go on. And also, before you put your pin in, make sure that you're putting your pin in for the amount that you're going to pay, not put it in and then look later. It's too late then if you're getting cash or something like that, isn't it? That's right. That's right. Now, Uh, sorry, Matt, keep going. Oh, no, and if if people do see um, individuals that are hanging around ATMs and looking a bit suspicious, call the police. Um, You know, let's have the police come down and uh, have a look at the machine and uh, have a look at the individuals that are just hanging around. That's just not normal behaviour as well. Mm, Interesting. What about those emails that we're still getting? There's a survey here. Do this short survey for Woolies or Coles or banks or anything, and we'll put some money in your bank account. But we'll need your bank account details. Now, if anyone does that, that's really stupid, isn't it? Look, it, 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 we advise against it. You should always be very careful of unsolicited, unsolicited emails and phone calls. Um, you know, people are generally aware if they have contacted uh, the ATO or a particular organisation seeking information. So if all of a sudden, if you receive a phone call from a person purporting to be from a particular business or government agency, it needs to be verified. You need to be uh, on guard. And don't provide them with any information whatsoever until you're satisfied that you know who you're dealing with. And the simple way there is to certainly, um, at a phone call, take the person's name and department that they're purporting to be from and then call them back because invariably as soon as you propose that course of action, all you'll hear is the hang-up in your ear. So that's the best way that we can do that. You need to verify who it is that is actually calling you because these organisations won't call you and then ask for a full rundown of your personal information. And also, when you call them back, don't use the number that that person has given you because that is another scam too, isn't it? That's right. So if if they just give you a number, um, I think, you know, and you ring that back and just relying on that, you're wasting your time. But all of these big organisations will be in the phone book, do an internet search, find the general switch number and call the, the, uh, the person back um, via the switch. That's the best way. And of course the ATO, it's now that time the tax refunds and this will be the next big scam that will be coming through, won't it? Emails it, from the taxation department or phone calls. Or, or purporting to be, we should probably say oh, they purporting sorry. to be from the, the, the ATO. <laughs> Look, there are certain times when the ATO um, will contact individuals and query things, but once again, that will be in response to um, you know the customer contacting them or submitting a return, a, a, a tax return or something like that. The ATO will always be happy to identify themselves and would always be more than happy if you say, look, I don't know who you are, you're calling me on the phone, um, you know, I'll call you back through the switch, what's your name and number? So just be wary of that. And individuals are very, very good at, at uh, um, sending emails that, or sending you to a website that's uh, it's completely fraudulent, but it does look or, or, and, and feel similar to a tax office website. So just be careful of that. Um, you know, go to the um, the secure ATO website when you need to communicate with the ATO, for instance. Okay, Matt, thank you very much on behalf of everyone at 2NURFM uh, in Newcastle. Uh, and keep up the good work. Keep chasing those crooks, mate. Will do. Have thank a good you. day. Thank you. That's Matt Craft, Detective Inspector uh, from the New South Wales uh, Fraud and Cyber Crime Squad. To NURFM, we're heading for the news as we wind up Thursday Finance. Thank you, Barry Preston.